0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word.
1: Require. What would you have to do? What conversations would you have with family members? What are the things you would want to say to your family? If you're married, what are the things you'd want to say to your spouse? Or if you have children, what are the things that you would want to tell your children before you die? What are the the kind of the last words, your final words that you would want to say to your children before you pass away?
0: Aside from being diagnosed with terminal cancer or a severe disease, none of us really receive much of a warning when it comes to our death. On the other hand, even some of the life expectancies given by doctors can end up being outlived by years. In today's message, Pastor Dan reflects on King Hezekiah's foretold death and the rather straightforward warning given to him by the prophet Isaiah. In his study, you'll learn that while it can be uncomfortable at times, preparing for our death and making sure our families are taken care of is important. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 38, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Isaiah chapters 38 and 39. You know, uh, tonight in chapters 38 and 39, we're going to see King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah interacting together. And uh, as as you've seen in our study of Isaiah, Hezekiah and Isaiah, Hezekiah was a godly king. And he had a special relationship with Isaiah. Well, uh, chapter 38 tonight and chapter 39, uh, if you're taking notes, the parallel accounts of these events are found in 2 Kings chapter 20 and 2 Chronicles chapter 32. And if you remember, uh, the book of Isaiah is is divided into two main sections. The first section... Uh, Began with chapter 1, it goes to chapter 39, then the second section begins in chapter 40, and goes to the end of the book, chapter 66. And so tonight, we're going to come and finish the first section of Isaiah. And chapters 36 to 39 are historical chapters. They're not really prophetic chapters like much of the rest of Isaiah. They're not describing future events so much. They're historical chapters. They're just giving us some historical context. Uh, Last time in our study, we looked at chapters 36 and 37, which gave us the account of the Assyrian army invading Judah, destroying all the cities of Judah except for Jerusalem, and then laying siege to the city of Jerusalem. And then the Lord God miraculously delivered the city of Jerusalem uh, by wiping out the Assyrian army. And so now we come to chapter 38, and chapter 38 describes for us the illness that Hezekiah experienced that nearly killed him, uh, but the Lord extended his life. And chapter 38 chronologically actually happens before chapters 36 and 37. King Hezekiah became ill and almost died before the Assyrian army invaded and besieged the city of Jerusalem. And so the siege of Jerusalem, uh, historians date that to about 701 BC. It's believed that Hezekiah became ill uh, in about 702 or 703 BC. So just before that, just before the Assyrians came into Judah and destroyed all the cities and surrounded Jerusalem, at some point right before that or as that's taking place, uh, Hezekiah falls ill. And he almost dies, and it's, it's thought that he would die. But the Lord heals him, as we'll see tonight in chapter 38. Verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. And then Isaiah leaves. Not a very good bedside manner there for Isaiah. He just kind of walks in and says, get your house in order, you're going to die. So Hezekiah becomes sick, uh, and he's sick and near death. Uh, It doesn't really tell us uh, how Hezekiah became sick. Uh, At the end of the chapter, we see he has a boil, it says. It could be a tumor of some kind. Uh, We're not sure. Maybe he has some kind of cancer. Maybe he has some kind of infection. We aren't sure what the sickness is, but we are sure that his condition is terminal. He's going to die. He's going to perish. He's not going to recover from this. And Isaiah just comes in and lays it on him. He doesn't have good news. He's got bad news. And he says, set your house in order because you're going to die. And then Isaiah walks out. And that's pretty sobering news for anyone uh, to receive, to hear that you're, you're going to die. I remember uh, years ago when we lived in Florida, my wife and I, we were friends with a, with a couple in our church, and one night the, the husband became ill, the wife called us to ask if we could come over, and she thought maybe he had the flu or food poisoning, and we took him to the emergency room, uh, and he had the advanced stages of cancer. Uh, he had no signs before that night, uh, and he was in the hospital for about two weeks, and he died. Uh, And I happened to be in the room when the oncologist came in and told him, uh, and I'll never forget it. He said, make sure your affairs are in order before the weekend. And then he died that Sunday. And so just imagine, you know, getting that kind of news. You've you've got a week to live. Make sure your affairs are in order because uh, you've got a short time. And here Isaiah the prophet comes in and tells King Hezekiah essentially that, get your house in order. Because you're going to die, you're not going to live. Now, when Isaiah says here, get your house in order, he doesn't mean, you know, cut your grass, clean out your garage, paint the living room the color you've always wanted to paint it, but you haven't gotten around to it. He's not talking about Hezekiah's physical house. His house is his family. Get your family in order. Hezekiah, you're going to die. So get your family in order. And I think that's something for us to consider tonight. If you received news from a doctor saying, you don't have much time left, you're gonna die, you need to get your house in order, you need to get your family in order, what would that entail for you? What would getting your house in order require? What would you have to do? What conversations would you have with family members? What are the things you would want to say to your family? If you're married, what are the things you'd want to say to your spouse? Or if you have children, what are the things that you would want to tell your children before you die? What are, the, what are the kind of the last words, your final words that you would want to say to your children before you pass away? I think I would, I would want them to know that, uh, that God loves them. And I would want them to, to continue to follow Jesus and continue to trust the Lord Jesus Christ and continue to live for him and know that everything's going to be all right. And know that I'll see them again one day in heaven. He tells them to set your house in order. Now, are there broken relationships that you have? That need to be repaired? Are there people that you need to ask to forgive you for things in the past? Are there people that you need to forgive? That you're harboring unforgiveness? You're harboring bitterness and resentment toward them. Maybe you've you've harbored that resentment for years toward them. That bitterness... For years, is there bitterness that you need to let go? And listen, don't put that conversation off. Maybe you'll have the warning from a doctor that says to you, hey, you only have X number of weeks or X number of months and you need to get your house in order. But maybe you won't. You know, the reality is most people just die. They don't have that opportunity to get their house in order. They don't have that warning. And so I would encourage you, don't put those conversations off. Don't put, don't put that forgiveness off. Don't put that reconciliation off. Because you're not promised tomorrow. And you may not have that opportunity. And you don't want to live the rest of your life with regret. That you never, you never said the things you know you, you should say. Or you never mended that broken relationship that, that you know needs to be mended. Don't put those things off. Hezekiah here is told, he's warned, hey, your time is short, get your house in order. And when he receives this news, look at his response in verse 2, he turned his face toward the wall and he prayed to the Lord. You know, Hezekiah at this point, he's 39 years old when he received this news. He's, he's in the prime of his life and he didn't have any children at this point. He didn't have any sons at this point. He's the king. So there's no heir to take the throne of Judah, he doesn't have a son that will become king after him, and so he prays to the Lord, and look at his prayer in verse 3, he says, remember now, O Lord, as if the Lord forgets, remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth, and with a loyal heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. He says here, Remember, Lord, I have walked before you in truth, and with a loyal heart, and I have done what is good in your sight. What a testimony. What a testimony that Hezekiah had as he's facing death, And he could say to the Lord, I've walked before you in truth. Your walk is your manner of life, the way that you live. And here Hezekiah, facing death at the end of his life, he's able to say, I've lived a right life before you. I've been faithful to you. I've walked in in truth. My heart has been loyal to you. I've done what is good in your sight.
0: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We'll have more from this message in a moment. But first, we'd like to tell you about an exciting resource available this Christmas season. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you more.
1: Christmas can be a very busy time of year for most of us. And in our busyness, we can forget the reason for the season, Jesus Christ. So my wife, Cameron, wrote a wonderful daily devotional called 31 Days of December. This simple devotional is written for women and is designed to help you keep Jesus at the center of your Christmas season. We would be happy to mail you a copy as our thank you for your investment of any amount in this daily radio ministry. To receive your copy of 31 Days of December, visit our website at calvaryec.com and click on Give. Now, let's finish today's message. What a testimony. You to be able to come to the end of your life and be able to say that. I've done what's right in your sight. I've done what's good in your sight. I've been loyal to you my whole Christian life. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Now, some commentators criticize Hezekiah here because some see this as maybe questioning God's judgments. Again, he's only 39 years old. He doesn't have kids yet. He doesn't have a son. He finds out he's terminally ill. Uh, and, and some interpret verse 3 to be questioning God's judgments or complaining to God. Like, it's like he's uh, saying, I don't understand. I've done what's right. I've walked in your truth. I've been loyal to you. I've always done what's good in your sight. And now I'm going to die young. I, I don't understand, good Lord. I've been a good person. I've been a good Christian. And why would you allow this to happen to me? And so some commentators are critical of Hezekiah because of verse 3. I don't think we should be critical of Hezekiah for saying this. I mean, these are real emotions. These are real feelings. This is a man who just learned that he's terminally ill. He just found out the news. He's only 39. He doesn't have children. And he, he's just reacting to the news that he just received. He's, just, he's reacting to hearing that he's going to die soon. Verse 3, again, he's he's weeping. He's weeping bitterly. In the Psalms, Psalm 56, verse 8, it says that God, our Father in heaven, He puts our tears into His bottles. And He writes it down in His book. Anytime that we cry, anytime that we weep, even, even privately as Hezekiah does here, our Father in heaven sees it. And somehow, I don't know how, but somehow he's able to collect our tears and he keeps them in a bottle because they're so precious to him. And he writes down every occasion that we cry, he sees each tear that falls. And he records it in a journal, in a book. And Hezekiah wept bitterly, and God saw Hezekiah's sorrow. And then look at verse 4 And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah saying, go and tell Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the, now notice, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, surely I will add to your days 15 years, I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. Remember, this happens before chapter 36, when Assyria comes against you. Uh, Jerusalem. So the Lord tells Isaiah the prophet, go back and tell Hezekiah that I've heard your prayer, I've seen your tears, and I'll add to your days 15 years. Now 2 Kings chapter 20, which is the parallel account of this, tells us that before Isaiah made it out of the courtyard of the temple's palace, of the king's palace, That the Lord told him to go back and tell this to Hezekiah. That's a pretty quick answer to prayer. Isaiah hasn't even made it out of the building yet. And the Lord tells him, go back to the king. Go back to the king and say to him, hey, forget what I said about you dying. You know, just a few minutes ago when I was here and I said, you're going to die. Just forget all of that. In fact, you're going to live another 15 years. Look at verse 5 again. And notice the Lord refers to Himself as the God of David. Now, you don't see that title very often in the Old Testament. It's only used four times in the Old Testament. The God of David. And Why does God say this? Because God made a covenant with King David that one of His descendants shall sit on His throne forever. And Hezekiah has no sons. There's no heir. And so if Hezekiah dies the Davidic line ends and the promise of God to David fails. And so now, God is going to extend Hezekiah's life because of the promise he made to David. He extends his life 15 years. Verse 6, again, says, I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria and I will defend this city. We looked at that last time. In 2 Kings 20, the Lord says, I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Because of the covenant God made with David, he will extend Hezekiah's life and he will defend the city of Jerusalem. And this is the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing which he has spoken. Behold, verse 8, I will bring the shadow on the sundial, which has gone down with the sun on the sundial of Ahaz, 10 degrees backward. And so the sun returned 10 degrees on the dial by which it had gone down. And so God here says, I'll show you a sign, a miraculous sign, so that you know for sure that I really will extend your life I'm going to cause the shadow on the sundial to go back 10 degrees. Now, this is not like a sundial like you might put in your garden. You know, one of those little sundials that people have. This was a sundial that King Ahaz had constructed that he copied off of, I think, uh, the the Syrians. uh, And it was a huge structure. It had uh, numerous steps going up to it, and the sun actually... Shine down on the steps and the shadows were on the steps, but it had like 20 steps or more leading up to it. So it was this huge structure that was positioned in such a way that the sun would hit it and create a shadow. It allowed them to tell the time of the day. And God says here, I'm going to cause the shadow to go back 10 degrees. And we don't know how God did this. We don't know if God caused the sun to go back 10 degrees or did he just move the shadow back 10 degrees, or what God did. We don't really know. It doesn't really matter how God did it, but God did it. He did this miraculous sign for Hezekiah, and it's an appropriate sign for Hezekiah to move the shadow of the sundial back because God is giving Hezekiah back more time. He's giving him more life. It's kind of like turning the dial back for Hezekiah and giving him 15 additional years. And so in verse 9 now, Hezekiah sings this song that he wrote during his illness and his near-death experience and his recovery. This is the writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and had recovered from his sickness. I said, in the prime of my life, I shall go to the gates of Sheol, or death, the grave. I am deprived of the remainder of my years. You know, again, just the tragedy of dying young. He's 39. He's in the prime of his life. He has so much of his life ahead of him. And Hezekiah says, I'm deprived of the remainder of my years. They're just, they're just taken from me. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the New Testament. He doesn't have an understanding of the resurrection like, like we do. And he just sees it as taken from him. And that death is the end. Verse eleven. I said, I shall not see Yah the Lord in the land of the living. I'm not going to see God again. I shall observe man no more among the inhabitants of the world. Again, he th- he thinks death is the end, that he's not going to see the Lord. He's not going to see uh, the people in this world ever again, his family again. His friends again, that when you die, that's it. Which is not true, right? We know that, that there's eternal life through Jesus Christ. But he doesn't know that. Verse 12, my lifespan is gone. It's taken from me like a shepherd's tent. Shepherds were known to break down their tent in their camp quickly. Uh, Even today in parts of Israel, in the southern part of Israel, in the desert area where the Bedouins live. You'll see their campsites set up with these big elaborate tents one day and the next day they're gone. There's no trace of them. And that's how Hezekiah sees his life. It's one day I have life and the next day I'm, just, I'm gone, I disappear. There's no trace of my life. I have cut off my life like a weaver. He cuts me off from the loom you know, as they're making weaving cloth. And how they just cut it off just like that. From day until night you make an end of me speaking to the lord that's how hezekiah felt just one day i'm here i have life and the next day i'll be gone he asked me how i know and i say truer than the finest crystal
0: we're so glad you joined pastor dan sexton today for ring of truth If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from Pastor Dan, they're available to you at our website, calvaryec.com. We'd also like to take a moment to invite you to partner with us here at Ring of Truth. Would you consider investing in this ministry financially? Your investment of any amount will be used to bring these daily Bible studies to you and other listeners. Throughout this month is our way of saying thank you for partnering with us We will send you a wonderful devotional called 31 Days of December. This simple daily devotional written for women is designed to keep your focus on Jesus during one of the busiest months of the year. The devotional begins on the first day of December and walks you through the story of the birth of Jesus in daily bite-sized pieces. It's the perfect tool to keep Jesus in the forefront of your Christmas season. To get your copy of 31 Days of December, call us at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. Or visit our website at calvaryec.com and click on Give. That's calvaryec.com. We will gladly mail a copy to you, Thank you for partnering with us and thank you for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize them.